How did Yaakov manage to keep all 613 mitzvahs in the house of Lavan? Welcome to Parshas HaShavuah with Rabbi Gerari. This week's parsha, of course, is Parshas Vayishlach, and it's Yaakov Avinu coming back from spending 20 years in his father-in-law's home, Lavan, after marrying his two daughters, working for them as wives for 14 years, and then working a further six years for wages, becoming a wealthy person through mainly shepherding sheep. On the way back, don't forget he had run away to avoid the wrath of Esau, his brother, after stealing the blessings of seeing the brachis. He sends messages to see what Esau is up to and he gets a message um, that Esau is coming to greet him with 400 men, armed men. But when he sends a message to Esau in the beginning, he Ask the Malachim, the angels, the messengers, to give Esav a message and to say, Im Lovon Garti, I have been living with Lovon, Vaechar Ad Otto, and I've been delayed until now. Rashi, of course, tells us that what is, why did he use the term Garti? So he sent a message to Esav, I lived with Lovon. Garti can also be rearranged to make the word Taryag, which means 613. The numerical value, the gematria of 613, that he kept the 613 mitzvahs when he was at Lov. In other words, he was saying, notwithstanding the fact that I was at Lovan's house, a quite a negative and unholy environment, nevertheless, I was committed and stayed true to my beliefs, and I observed the 613 mitzvahs. However, the obvious question is. Um, we understand that he's saying that I kept all the mitzvahs and I was observant and I strayed true to my values. But how is it possible for Yaakov to actually say he kept the 613 mitzvahs? That is, <laughs> we know that there are many, many mitzvahs. In fact, most people cannot keep all 613 mitzvahs. There are mitzvahs that apply only in the base of Mikdash. There are mitzvahs for men, mitzvahs for women, the mitzvahs for Kohani, mitzvahs for Levim, and so on. So what does it mean he kept all the 613 mitzvahs? One possible answer that's brought down is that he learned Torah. We know that the Ovois, the patriarchs and the matriarchs learned Torah even before it was given. And we know that Chazal tell us in the Gemara Menachis that when it says in the Pasuk, Zois Torah Sachatos, this is the Torah, this is the teachings of certain sacrifices that we learn, that if a person learns the halachas of a particular korban, of a chatos, for example, it's like he's actually offered it up. So when you learn about a mitzvah that you're not able to fulfill, it's like you fulfilled it. So that is one possible explanation that we know that Yaakov Avinu prepared for going to Lovan's house by learning Torah for many years. And therefore, perhaps when he was at Lovan's house, he continued to learn and he learned all about the mitzvahs. And therefore, he was able to say that he really kept all the 613 mitzvahs. Another idea that I saw in the name of the Tzamach David, the Reb David of Dinev, um, that he answers this question um, based on a story that he heard from his father in the name of the Baal Shem Tov. Once the Baal Shem Tov was traveling and he happened, to have, he happened to have to go into a house of a non-Jew. And in that house there was an Avoy Zara, there was some sort of idol, some sort of getchka as they call it. And when he came out of there, he was with tremendous joy. Why? Because he says that in one moment he was able to fulfill the entire Torah. Why is that? Because we know that Avodah Zorah, an idol, has the same halacha as something which is unclean, around which we are not permitted to learn Torah. In other words, 
that because he went into the environment where there was an idol, there was an Avodah Zorah, and at that moment he had to refrain from thinking or learning any part of Torah. In other words, all parts of Torah were off limits and he had to refrain from learning every and from learning any part of Torah. And the refraining from learning any part of Torah was in fact a mitzvah itself. So it came out that he fulfilled the entire Torah. Because by not, by not learning any part of the Torah, he was fulfilling the entire Torah. Similarly, we can say that in the house of Lovan, when Yaakov Avinu came home at night, um, after he finishing t- tending to, to the flock, tending to the sheep, whenever he was in the home of Lovan, there was plenty of Avodah Zarah that was full of pagan worship there, he would have to protect himself from thinking and from entertaining any sort of learning or thinking about any part of Torah, which is how he actually managed to fulfill the entire Torah in that way. But it's interesting just to point out, while we're on the topic, that we have this notion, it's kind of a common, a common understanding, that there are 613 mitzvahs. Now, there's actually not a lot of source for that in the Torah. It's difficult to understand that concept because if you look at the Torah, there are more than 613 instructions. So where does the magic number 613 come from? Now, of course, it's hinted in this week's parasha where Yaakov Avinu says that he's kept at 613 mitzvahs, according to Rashi. In the Gemara, we find that in Masech to Shabbos, as it's brought down in different svarim, where it talks about the Korban Pesach, and it mentions the Pesach in context, it says, Uma Pesach shu echod mitaryag mitzvahs. That just like Pesach is one of the 613 mitzvahs, assuming that we know there are 630 mitzvahs, there are a few Midrashim that talk about it. But the main source of this concept is a Gemara at the end of Makkas. The Gemara says that there were 630 mitzvahs that were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. 365 are negative commandments, which corresponds to the days of a, of a solar cycle, 365 days in a solar year. 248 positive commandments corresponding to the limbs of the person. We know that the Mishnah enumerates 248 different organs in the person. And then the Gemara says, how do we actually know this? Because it says in the very famous Pasuk at the end of Devarim, Torah Siva Lonu Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us the Torah. The word Torah has the gematria of 611. So what's the connection to 613? Because the Gemara also tells us that when the, we, we stood at Har Sinai, Hashem told us two mitzvahs. Hashem said the first two commandments, Anoichi, I am Hashem your God, and you shall not have no other gods. So therefore, Moshe Rab- and the rest of the Torah was communicated to us by Moshe Rabbeinu. So therefore, what is, what, how many did Moshe Rabbeinu tell us? He told us 613, uh, 611, plus the two that Hashem gave us, total 613. That is actually the source of the, the fact that there are 613 mitzvahs. Which then leads to this idea of how do you categorize these mitzvahs? Because what's the rules involved in how you reach the number 613? For example, is... Tefillin, in the Torah it says you should put on tefillin on your arm and on your head. Are there one mitzvah? Is that what, considered one mitzvah or is it two mitzvahs? So there's a lot of discussion about what is considered one of the 613 mitzvahs. And we find that during the time of the Go'inim, starting from the Go'inim into the beginning of the Rishonim, which is roughly around you know, 10th century, 11th century onwards, and down to the Rambam and so on, um, or even earlier than that, the, the Go'inim were even, sorry, the Go'inim were even earlier than that, about, you know, 7th century, 8th century, 6th century even. We find that there were a number of great uh, sages who 
set upon the task of working out the 613 mitzvahs. So we have, for example, the Sefer called Halachas Kedoilis. Uh, we have um, we have the Sefer Achinuch, we have Reb Sadiagon, we have the Rambam, and the Smag, and so on. These are known as the Moinah HaMitzvahs. And in fact, they differ a little bit. They all have a set of rules, how you reach the 613. Not all the rules are identical. And therefore, there are some mitzvahs that, according to some, is part of the 613. And some is not part of the 613. And it makes for a fascinating study. <coughs> Excuse me. But I just thought I would, I would mention it because of the probably one of the very first times we, we encountered this idea of 613 mitzvahs is, in fact, in this week's parasha. Now, just to mention one final thought um, on, on the Pasha. Part of Yaakov's message to Esau is that I lived at Lovan, I'm on the way back, and I'm wealthy. And he says, I have oxen, I have donkeys, I have, I have slaves, I have maidservants, and so on. Part of what he lists also is that he has sheep. However, if we trace back the origin of his wealth, it is only sheep. It all starts off with sheep. Then he obviously bartered the sheep for other things and he became wealthy using the sheep to buy other things. But Yaakov's source of wealth is sheep. And yet when he talks to Esau, he's very quick not to mention sheep first, but he mentions other stronger animals like oxen and bulls and cows and things like that, donkeys, um, which are really things that were bought from his origin of sheep. And what's the idea? The Baba Chirebi explains an idea like this. Yaakov's wealth was sheep. It's more of a spiritual concept. Sheep is, a, is a, a symbol of humility, a symbol of surrender to Hashem. Therefore, the foundation of a Jew, we are B'nai Yaakov, we are the descendants of Yaakov, we call B'nai Yisrael, that was one of his names. We are, we are, our foundation is surrender to Hashem. But part of the surrender to Hashem's will and part of that humility necessitates that when needed, when the call of the hour is to stand up and, and be strong and powerful, we need to do that also as part of our commitment to Hashem. It's an outcome. A sheep is sometimes a symbol of weakness or meekness, but it's not. It's a symbol of surrender to Hashem and the surrender the, to the will of Hashem. And part of the will of Hashem sometimes necessitates being absolutely strong and displaying strength and not weakness. And this is how it plays out in the Chumash. The foundation for Yaakov and his experience in his life and our experience as lives as Jews is sheep. That's where we get our spiritual livelihood from. Our focus is to surrender to the will of Hashem and to serve Hashem in everything that we do. That is the foundation. However, that is the foundation as we see it within ourselves. When Yaakov, however, is approaching Esau, the symbol of impurity, the symbol of negativity, the symbol of the, the, the opposite of surrender to Hashem, there Yaakov needs to display strength. And therefore he does not start off by saying, I lived at Lovan and I'm coming back with lots of sheep, which I also then managed to buy servants and maidservants and oxen and donkeys with. He starts off, no, I have oxen and donkeys. In other words, I'm strong. My foundation might be sheep, but I'm very strong. I'm, don't start with me. Don't try to threaten me spiritually. I'm extremely strong. And that's why he begins with the shoir and the chamor. Even though we know where it comes from, it was bought by sheep because the foundation of our service the concept of humility and the concept of sheep. Those are some thoughts on the Parsha. Wishing everyone a wonderful week and a good Shabbos.